everyone. This is Ashley Latecki Ellenboss with Sky House Herb School and Apothecary. And today we'll be talking about longing, love, and roses. Um, I'll be sharing with you some information about uh, bhakti yoga and how we can use different herbs to help us increase our longing and increase our devotion. Now, today's talk is really inspired by one of my spiritual teachers, Rukmini Devi Dasi. Uh, Rukmini has been dedicated to the path of bhakti yoga since she was 16. And, um, you know, really she is like a living saint. I mean, she is an incredible woman, teacher, speaker, writer. Um, and I've had the great fortune of being able to attend classes with her on a regular basis. And, um, you know, we were talking recently and she shared a poem with me that really got me thinking and really got me um, considering the power of longing. And this is something that I think in, in the modern world, we often think that longing is something bad. You know, it's like we should be, we should get what, you know, we long for something so that we can get it, right? <laughs> and then the longing ceases. Like we want, we want to be, um, you know, contented or we want to have fulfillment, but we don't often think about we want to have longing. Um, but in the bhakti yoga tradition, that's exactly what we want. And, you know, for those of you who are maybe newer to bhakti yoga, um, bhakti is one of many paths of yoga um, where we really seek union. Yoga means union. So we're seeking union with the divine, but through a mood or a bhava above of devotion. And we do this by singing, by chanting, playing music, um, and doing recitation of sacred mantras, of studying and hearing the stories of the sacred scriptures. Um, and it's all quite lovely and very playful. And one thing that Rukmini was speaking of that really struck my heart is she said, you know, really the goal um, is to be in a mood of, of, of longing and separation. And she uses this great example how, um, you know, uh, two sides of the riverbank in order to hold the current, which is bhakti yoga or the, the current of a river, it needs two banks. And, you know, one bank is um, separation and that's that longing, right? That separation from the beloved. It's like, you know, for me as a mother, I, I miss my children terribly. And I have, I love them sometimes even more when I'm separated from them. And then the other is, you know, as is having that communion and being in that blissful state of, of connection. And so those two kind of play on each other in bhakti yoga. And I think in most spiritual traditions, um, is that separation, um, that separation and then that, and then coming together again. Um, and so she shared this beautiful poem by Rainier Maria Rilke. And I, I just, this poem really struck me. So I wanted to share it with you and talk a little bit about some herbs that can help increase this desire to study, to learn, to surrender ourselves um, to something that is much bigger. So here's the poem, it's from, <clears throat> Book of Hours, Love Poems to God. And when I read this, I want you to think of she, whenever um, he mentions the word she, to think of this as the beloved, or to think of this as God or Krishna or the great spirit, however you wish to, uh, to plug in your understanding of this larger being that is all loving and all, uh, all intelligent. Um, and as you're listening and hearing it with this 
with this lens, um, I hope that it also kind of stirs up emotion, which is, gosh, really, I think brings us all alive. So let's listen. She who reconciles the ill-matched threads of her life and weaves them gratefully into a single cloth. It's she who drives the loud mouths from the hall and clears it for a different celebration where the one guest is you. In the softness of evening, it's you she receives. You are the partner of her loneliness, the unspeaking center of her monologues. With each disclosure, you encompass more and she stretches beyond what limits her to hold you. It's so good. And one thing that's so, I think, beautiful about the path of bhakti is that um, there's nothing more that God wants or spirit wants than us to remember them. Or we could say her in this example, like she just wants us to remember her and to say, thank you. You know, thank you for these blue skies. Thank you for these green trees. Thank you for this blister on my foot. Thank you for my car breaking down on the middle of the highway. And all of these things we can say thank you for because there are gifts within it that we might not see, but this great weaver of this tapestry of life knows just what we need. And so when we break down on the side of the road and somebody pulls over and helps us and you know, maybe gives us a nugget of wisdom that we were not expecting that changes the course of our life, right? Or the blister that keeps us from going to a place that we know we shouldn't go. You know, all of these things are mercy and there's such gifts. And if we can just say thank you and and to say, I, I want more of that. I want more of you in my life. Um, and as I stretch and, and ask for more, then God reaches out more and says, yeah, like I've been waiting for you. Like <laughs> I've been here waiting for you to call for me this whole time. <laughs> um, and I just love that image. I just, it really does something in my heart to feel like, you know, God is always just there waiting for us to remember him or remember her. And so this poem just so beautifully, I think, wakes it up to that first person of, um, of I and you and it being this very intimate relationship. So how do we strengthen that? You know, how do we strengthen that intimacy? Um, there are three things I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about uh, rose, milk, and honeysuckle. So let's talk about rose first. So rose is a wonderful medicine, and a lot of you probably knows, know, know of rose petals. And rose is a medicine that's typically given for the heart. It has a great affinity for the heart tissues. It strengthens and tones the heart. It's also really good for the veins and arteries. It has flavonoids, which are really good for keeping the arteries strong and supple. And it also, a lot of people don't realize it though, but it's also a nervine. So it's also a gentle relaxant. So not only does it tone the heart, but it also relaxes the heart and relaxes the nervous system so we can be in a more receptive state. And I wonder too, if even just the act of giving someone roses, you know, we do that to our romantic partners um, is also a sign of being, you know, will you be receptive to me? <laughs> will you let me in? Will you call my name? Will you think of me? Um, so, you know, there's a beautiful language of flowers as well. I also love the quality of roses, which is its astringency. And this is because of the tannins that it contains. And astringency and tannins basically tone the tissues. And, you know, if you want to hold water 
or you want to hold um, anything in a container, it has to have really solid walls, like those two banks of the river. And so rose is also a gentle astringent. It tones the tissues and creates a container that can hold things without leaking. That's also why it's often used, um, rose water is often used as a facial toner because it has that gentle tightening effect on the skin, which is can be really helpful if we have you know, skin that's starting to slowly age. Um, so we can use roses as a medicine, um, you know, in a room spray. So I love to use a hydrosol and I just like to spray it, you know, in my workspace. Um, I spray it on my daughter's pillows at night um, because it's relaxing and it just opens up the heart. Um, we can also use rose essential oils. And so this is a beautiful blend that I got from um, uh, an Indian saint named Ama. She's also known as the hugging saint. And um, this is a blend of, you might not be able to read it because it's a little blurry, but um, it's rose and sandalwood oil. And I like to wear this as a perfume and that rose and sandalwood are also just, sandalwood is, you know, reminds us of um, sort of our upper chakras and thinking, thinking in a higher way. And then rose just blows open the heart. So you can buy this oil. It's at um, www.theamashop.org. And whenever you buy something from um, the Amas shop, um, a lot of the proceeds or all of the proceeds go to benefit the establishments that Amma has created around the world, orphanages, hospitals, schools, training centers for doctors, so that people that normally wouldn't have access to healthcare and education do. So it's a great, you know, you're, you're not only receiving a gift that opens your heart, but you're also giving something to communities who could really use it. Um, and then let's go to the second one, which is milk. And I have this beautiful statue here. My, my husband got when he was in India. And this is a statue of a mother cow and her calf. And the calf is nursing and suckling from the udder. And the mother is reaching around with her tongue and kissing um, her baby's tail. And, you know, in India, cows are very, very sacred animals. They're considered to be, you know, the most beloved animal of Krishna. And so they're very revered and considered very sacred. And so are all of the products that come from cows. So milk and cheese and butter. Um, they are all considered to be very holy foods. And, you know, when we think about this little baby calf suckling its mother, you know, there's also something about that desire, right? A hungry baby desiring and seeking out its mother for nourishment. And mothers are, in many ways, the very first God that a child gets to know. You know, it's this um, presence that teaches and nourishes and loves and feeds this baby. And so we can also think about milk as being, um, you know, something that as babies we crave and we desire. It can also increase that, um, that desire for us for sweetness. You know, milk is considered to be a sweet food. So it can, it can increase that desire and capacity to experience and want sweetness. So one thing that's really nice is you can actually make warm milk and rose tea. So what I would do is just take, I have um, maybe about two tablespoons of, of organic. You really want to make sure you have organic rose petals and you can buy them online. Um, my friends in the DC area have an apothecary called Strobe Apothecary, S-T-R-O-B. And you can visit them at strobeapothecary.com and they sell um, large bags and small bags too of organic rose petals. 
And I would just take two tablespoons, put it in warm milk that you heated on the stove, let it sit for about 15 minutes and then strain the rose petals out and then drink it. And gosh, what a lovely drink that is. And um, if you tend to run a little bit cold um, or if you tend to have more mucus or you're more kapha in the Ayurvedic tradition, you can add in a little bit of cinnamon and that will warm it up uh, energetically a little bit for you. But that's another wonderful remedy that you can take. And then the last one is honeysuckle. And I'm talking more about honeysuckle as a flower essence. And this is a system that was created by Edward Bach, um, who was a physician and really started to see that a lot of his patients, their illnesses were rooted in emotional disturbances more than physical disturbances. So we came up with this whole system of using these energetic imprints from flowers in in medicine form to help balance out the subtle energy body. And he talks about honeysuckle medicine as being for people who um, live in the past, that they long for the past, that the past for them was this idyllic state. And that in the present moment, um, they, they can't really, you know, they just feel like the best is behind them. And so if you're someone like that, or if you know someone who's like that, who has a hard time longing in the present or longing for the present or what's in the moment, then this might be a nice remedy for you. And for the Bach flower essences, you can just take three to five drops on the tongue several times a day. And it does take about a week to two weeks to notice a shift again, because it's very subtle medicine. But I think that that would be a really lovely way to also incorporate this. And, and again, for me as an herbalist, um, I love to incorporate herbs in many different ways, not just as like a internal medicine, but I like to have plants around me. My daughter picked this yarrow plant when she was on a walk. Um, and yarrow is a medicine that we all love in this family very much. And I just did a talk on it if you want to look back in my archives. Um, but I just like to have herbs around me. I like to have plants around me. And from the yogic tradition, you know, they believe that plants are just souls in a plant body. So these are just souls. They happen to have incarnated in plant bodies and I am a soul in a human body. And so, you know, we can also build up good energy around us by bringing in plants um, and talking to them caring for them, um, letting them listen to sacred music, you know, that's really good for plants and good for us as plants, because we're kind of, you know, always growing too. <laughs> so, um, and you can also bring in roses. So grow roses in your yard, bring roses home from your local florist or your local farmer's market, um, pick some honeysuckles on your next walk and just have them in a little dish where you're working. So we can bring in these medicines in so many different ways besides just taking them internally. Um, and I'd love to hear your ideas too. So maybe you have other ways you use herbs to help spark your devotion. I do want to mention that um, Rukmini has a wonderful website that you can visit if you want to learn more about her work and more about Bhakti. Um, she helped to found the organization Urban Devi, that's U-R-B-A-N-D-E-V-I. And they basically um, are an organization that helps um, women gather together to explore spirituality and in the forms of many different types of yoga. And they're based out of the Bhakti Center in New York City, but they do a lot of online courses and gatherings. So if you're interested in this type of thing and you want to meet saintly people like Rukmini, uh, I strongly recommend that you check out Urban Devi's website. Um, she also has a, Patre a Patreon site where you can give monthly donations and then get access to all of her work and teach 
teachings and weekly classes as well. So I strongly encourage you to check that out. Um, it's a really lovely community and it's really hard to live a spiritual life in isolation. So if you're feeling isolated or you're looking for community, um, the Urban Devi and Rukmini's communities um, are not just for women, they're for everyone. Um, and you can check that out as well. Um, so I hope you found that helpful and useful. And again, please leave comments. I love to hear from you or send me an email and let me know how you spark that divine thirst in your own body.